difference between a policy and a crusade is that a policy is judged by its results, while a crusade is judged by how good it makes the crusaders feel. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Loaded Dice, the podcast that always rolls boxcars. I am your host, Doug. And I'm Andrew. Andrew, how are you this evening? Um, everything hurts and I'm dying. That seems fair, and yet we're still here to help you with that late-night drive. Uh, we're going out live to all the people uh, in Western Sydney at the moment, so call in, uh, let us know what's on your mind, and let us know what the traffic's like uh, up and down the Northern Road. I assume fucked. <laughs> Even at this hour. Yeah, and you know what? If you just want to ring in and just breathe really heavily, uh, we will definitely cut that and put that out on our uh, ASMR OnlyFans. Perfect. Which is apparently the way the cool kids make money these days. Yes. So, yeah. Doug, how, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. It's been a bit of a busy block of time at work. Um, so I'm a little bit tired than usual, but not um, not drastically so. Not so much that you could keep me away from doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, you did seem nice. to literally jump at the uh, at the mention of us doing this, and I, I will apologize. Uh, first up, sort of between uh, the last podcast and this podcast, uh, my uh, responsibilities due to work, family, uh, an extra batch of COVID isolation, uh, courtesy of my child's uh, daycare, um, and a few other things, has basically made my workload go from like flatlining to just did like ten shots of adrenaline straight to the fucking heart. Yes, that's that feels about right. Um, <laughs> and I think your I think your life's been about the same, there, mate. Yeah, it's been a lot of stuff going on. I was all set for this semester to be a nice, quiet one with only a couple of classes, so I could do some three D design work. I could get some more stuff up on the the um, CG Trader page. I could, you know, take some time to invest in me. Um, and now I'm teaching five days a week because uh, all the high schools want someone to handle their kids for term four because they don't want to have to do anything with them. They're done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all the year 11s too. So they're all like, technically I'm in year 12 now. I'm like, shut up. Do the work. Uh, so that's a bit yeah. No, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so what we thought we might do tonight, guys, is a, a bit of a shorter one. Uh, and whether you guessed by our, uh, <laughs> our intro quote there, um, one of the other things that we've been kind of putting the podcast to one side uh, when we have had a bit of time to, you know, hobby and hobby-related items, uh, we've actually been playing a fair few games, um, which has been really good. Uh, yes. It's been, it's been uh, an amazing apologies. stress release. Okay. No, that's what I said. Great for the stress. <laughs> it is. It is. Apologies to our American listeners who are stuck at home, desperately trying to avoid the Rona. Um, you know, and those in Europe, I guess, probably also. Yeah, guys. I think, I think sadly the the guys in the UK are, are back in lockdown. So mm -hmm. you know, lots of lots of love uh, to you guys. Just see it as being a way to uh, you know clear some more hobby backlog uh, and that sort of thing. Yes, or stare at a wall and convince yourself you'll eventually get to the backlog. Either way, no judgment. That's it. Somebody was... What uh... gets you through lockdown. <laughs> so podcast listeners, this would usually be where I sing randomly, but uh, I'm not sure that I necessarily want to subject you guys to that. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of ASMR while I sit here and paint Carriage Run Overlords. Um, if you listen carefully, you might be able to hit, hear my brush hit the minis. Uh, and if not, you'll definitely be able to hear it when I take my brush over to my water and shake it around to clean the paint off, which we'll do in just a moment. Um, but my KO, I've undercoated them in lead belcher. Uh, I've done the big armor panels with Gore Grunter fur, the contrast color, which has been an excellent little bronze effect that I've stumbled into, um, or copper, I guess, more than bronze. Uh, and then I've put some Basilicanum gray on all the bits that are meant to be gunmetal. Uh, which I'm really enjoying over the, the sort of slightly more typical, I guess, null oil over lead belcher. Uh, I find that uh, basilicane grey just gives you a slightly darker set of shadows uh, and takes the lead belcher down a bit and makes it look a bit more like iron rather than some sort of shiny surface that's been applied to the, to the uh, guns. Then what I'm doing is I'm painting all of the gloves and the uh, pants of all of my Caradron Overlords in white. 
So specifically, I'm undercoding or base coating with administratum gray. And then I'm going to wash that down with some null oil. And then I'm going to highlight it back up to Ulthwin gray, which will give me a nice, not quite white effect. Uh, and the jackets, I'm actually doing red. So they're meant to look a little bit like, uh, if you can imagine, old school, like English nobility fox hunters with their red jackets and their white pants. Um, it's that, but with copper armor over the top. So that's sort of the, the color scheme I'm looking for for my Caradron overlords. Um, but the red is going to be mostly Mephiston red, so a very dark red, uh, washed with some purple, so a Drushi violet, and then highlighting back up through Evil Sun Scarlet and into some uh, rat skin flesh as the extreme highlight color, um, which is working pretty well for me so far. So I'm working on, there you go, there's the brush in the water just there for you. Uh, I'm working on some uh, Arconaut Company, the, the little baseline infantry duders that hang around with the, the Caradron overlords. Um, doing a squad of 10 of those, uh, which is fine, I guess. It's the biggest squad I've painted so far for my KO. Um, I've mostly been painting Grunstock Thunderers, which come in units of five, or uh, I just finished a squad of Endron Riggers, which are the guys in the dirigible suits, so the guys with the little balloon strapped to their backs, um, and they're squads of three. So, you know, a minimum squad of ten Arcanaut Company has been an interesting sort of change of pace, because um, they've got just about as much detail as the Thunderers or the, um, or the Endron Riggers do, and yet... They're only worth 90 points for the 10 of them. So I feel like it's probably not quite as efficient to be painting these guys as it would be to be painting, you know, more engine riggers or a, a sky vessel or something like that. But here we are. And I'm painting back. Arcanaut Company. Excellent. I've just been doing a little bit of bonus content ASMR painting Arcanaut Company. I know I was considering just not unmuting myself and just listening for five to 10 minutes. That but seems... I thought I might have felt fallen asleep, so. Ah. I worked to do it. <laughs> no the only apologies. Thing I didn't do was I didn't get too close to the microphone so that you could hear every single whisper. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> back to it. Yes, no. Uh, apologies for that, listeners. Uh, my daughter, in typical toddler fashion, decided the moment we started recording that would be the time to throw her mattress off her bed and strip it. So I just had to uh, go and put her room back together. Great. Yes. Love toddlers. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Cool. Yeah, so what we thought we might do today is talk about what we have been doing when we've been gaming over the last few weeks, because I think it's something that I would like to take to the masses uh, that haven't tried it out, because I know a lot of people already have tried it out uh, a bit. It's definitely, okay, big, big call coming up here, but I think it's the, my favorite way of playing 40k ever. I agree. That, I, I mean, that, that's amazing, but it doesn't make for good content. It's true, but we are, of course, talking about Crusade. Did we say we were talking about Crusade? I feel no, like I, we alluded to it and then didn't we actually say we're talking about. about Crusade. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about Crusade, uh, which if you've been living in a lot of places and potentially haven't heard what's going on, uh, Crusade is a narrative way to play 40k. Uh, it is found within, well, I guess it is really the narrative section of the ninth edition rulebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really, really great. Uh, so we decided, uh, I think we've been doing about five weeks now. Um, and yeah, we've sort of been running a bit of a crusade night uh, every Wednesday. Uh, so we've got one coming up tomorrow night, which is really, really exciting. Um, yeah. So that's what we want to talk about. Yes, that is perfectly fine. So as Andrew has quite rightly pointed out, we are we have been on Crusade. So if you haven't looked at Crusade yet, because you've been busy looking at the you know Grand Tournament or the, the chapter approved or the match play rules or anything like that, or if you are like the one of the I'm gonna be generous and say five people who's playing open play, um, you may have missed Crusade. Crusade works a little bit differently to normal match play or like grand tournament play um, in that it's still very much a structured way to play. Um, there's still missions that you choose from. There's still objectives that you've got to score. They're normally progressive, uh, kind of like the old ITC or new match play missions. 
Um, but the big differences are things like in Crusade, you don't have secondary emissions, you have agendas. Uh, and those agendas don't award you victory points, they award you a unit's experience. Um, so it's entirely possible to lose a game, but achieve your agendas, and in achieving your agendas, um, you know, level up a unit. So leveling up your units is sort of the uh, the fun extra mechanic that gets layered on in Crusade. Um, as your units grow in experience and, and kill more things and get better at killing things and all that sort of stuff, um, they unlock new abilities and new things that they can do uh, based on, you know, uh, what type of unit they are and what codex they come out of. So as new Ninth Ed codexes get released, uh, different armies will get their own benefits and stuff. But at the moment, if you're playing Necron or Space Marines, you will absolutely get a few extra toys to play with. Uh, as you run around on crusade uh, with your mates. Yeah, um, so that's a, that's a that's a pretty good rundown there. Um, yeah, of pretty much how it works. Uh, I think I've been, I've been sort of thinking for the last couple of days in preparation for whenever we were going to do this sort of quick podcast episode about what exactly it was. Like, if somebody said to me, "What's the one big thing about crusade that makes me enjoy it?" Um, and the thing I think more than anything is, yes, you do get a benefit for winning a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, so all the crusade missions give you something like, uh, the relic mission. If you win that and hold the relic, you get a crusade relic on one of your characters. Uh, one of the missions, I think it's the supply cash one gives you extra, gives you two requisition points for that game instead of one requisition point. Um, so on and so forth. But as you were just saying, like, it really has less to do with winning a game or losing a game and more to do with your agendas and actually just bringing stuff to the table. Um, like, it's, it's, it's definitely... So uh, I don't know if you, if you sort of mentioned that it's, it's a roster game. So you build like a... So, so basically what you do, instead of starting an army list stage and, you know, picking a force org and then jumping into it, what you basically do is pick a major keyword. So Imperium, Chaos, Orcs, Tyranids, Necrons, Eldari, am I missing any? Uh, Tyranids, uh, Tau. Ah, uh, Tau. Chaos. Yeah, got got chaos in there so basically you pick uh one of the big overarching keywords for your roster and then everything works on power level um i mean it wouldn't be too hard to make it work for points but hey it's, no. it's power level and that's we haven't had any issues with that by the way uh the first couple of games i sort of w was keeping an eye on things didn't feel like there was problems with power level at all um and basically what you do is you start off with 50 power level on your roster and on your roster, the power level is basically called your supply. And you can just use that to put whatever you want on your roster. And then when you come around to have like playing a game, the game might be uh, your full supply. So whatever you're at, so 50, or if you're boosting that up uh, three requisition points, it's, you know, it can be an infinite sort of thing. Uh, or you might say, okay, we're just going to play 25 power level. Uh, and then you've got to sort of pick and choose what you want out of your roster, build it as uh, build it in line with your force org charts, um, and however many detachments you want, and then you play the game. Uh, so you can sort of have stuff that sits on your roster but isn't in every game, uh, and those sort of things, which I think is a really cool way of um, of playing something like Warhammer 40k, especially when individual units are getting cool upgrades, uh, whether they're like veteran statuses. Uh, upgraded war gear stuff, or even the negative stuff like battle scars, uh, which is basically what happens when uh, you get your dudes killed um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, and, and and I mean, like, apart from a couple of mildly janky things we've we've managed to find, um, it seems to work quite well. Uh, I definitely think that, and I heard you sort of uh, on the end of your your talk before, Doug. I heard you talking about like space Marines and necrons with nine head codexes. Mm-hmm. I think Crusader is going to be amazing once everybody's got their codex for Night yes. Dead. Because uh, the stuff that's in the rulebook, the stuff that is in the Pariah Nexus Crusade book that they released recently, is all great stuff. But what's in the Space Marine and the Necron codex as far as agendas and upgrades? Um, they're super cool because they're so specific to the armies and they make so much narrative sense. Mm-hmm. 
but there's a few that are kind of like gimmies as far as like agendas and things like yeah. that that are obviously really cool. And that's not a problem if everybody's getting those. I mean, it's not a problem even when some people aren't, to be perfectly honest. Like it's narrative yep. and honestly, winning losing is not a huge thing. So yeah, but I, I think that's the, that's the really cool thing is like you don't, you don't stress if you lose a game. Uh, yes. I've played, I, I've definitely played against you and you have ended up like leveling up more units and characters in a game that you lost against me than I leveled up on my side of the table when I won. Mm-hmm. Um, in that one, I got a relic, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. The relic is amazing. I love it. Uh, but that was what my, um, that was what my bonus was. And then as much as I did my agendas, they weren't giving me as much experience as some of your agendas that would mm-hmm. you know, potentially harder in air quotes. Um, but yeah, uh, and so yeah, look, it's 100%. I think it is something that everybody needs to try. Uh, I've been sort of slowly dragging some people into our crusade group. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just really cool that there's a lot of people that, you know, especially considering COVID this year, have pulled armies out of the back of closets, bought back into things. Uh, and it's a really cool way because, I mean, if you wanted to, you could start Crusade at 25 power level or any power level, right? Like yep. you could just pick a, pick a number and, and make and start there. But I mean, you know, 50 is pretty good. Um, gives you a few toys to play with. Uh, and then you should really get into it. And I mean, I haven't heard any complaints from anybody that we play with. No. Except for us bitching about your agendas. Well, yes, but you're <laughs> running Space Marines occasionally now too. So they're your agendas too. Um... Hey, I'm just testing. I yeah, need clearly. research before mm-hmm. I uh, before I make my final call and whether it's bullshit or not. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, yeah, it really feels like if you're coming over from like the Age of Sigma side, it really feels like a development on the Path to Glory concept. Like it's a complete rework. So if you don't like Path to Glory, don't worry. Um, but it's like the the idea of starting with what you know, in new GW terms would be a combat patrol box, right? Where there's 25 power level of Space Wolves or Death Watch or whatever the fuck. Um, and you take, you get one of those and you turn it into a, um, you know, a, a um, what are we calling it? A Crusade roster? Yeah, Crusade roster. Um, and from there you sort of turn that into uh, your army. And as you're adding more units, you just pay the requisition points, add them to your army Eventually, you go from 25 to 50, which you get for free anyway. You don't have to spend any extra acquisition on that. And then up to 75 and then up to 100. So it wouldn't be hard to work your way up to a an army or do it as like a slow growth thing, which is great. Um, but also, if you have giant collections, it's a great way to use some of the things that you're maybe not using in the competitive stuff and just fuck around with them in a, yeah, a fun and interesting way. <laughs> 100%. And I mean, you know, we've seen some really cool armies. Uh, and, and what we might do is you and I might just sort of give a bit of a rundown on what our armies are, how we've built them up. Because, I mean, when, when you generally when I'm talking to people that haven't played it yet, uh, especially actually like um, competitive, generally competitive players, um, I sort of explain how I sort of went about putting my army together and why I made certain choices. And you, you see the eyes widen and, like, they get this, like, light bulb and they're like, I don't have to min-max, but I can, and then I can do this as well. And there's not a problem because if I lose a game, I'm not going to end up on the bottom of a heap and it's not worth playing. And it's, like, 100 fucking percent. There's yep. no reason to, like, feel like if you fall behind or something that there's going to be any issues at all because there's some cool balancing mechanics in it. Um, and as we said, just turning up to a game uh, gets you gets you some experience for your units and you can mm-hmm. level up that way. So, yeah. So, Doug, why don't you take us through what uh, is most likely one of the most interesting choices we've seen in uh, our Crusade group so far, which is your amazing first company, Ultramarines Army. Well, I don't know that they're terribly interesting. They're Ultramarines. Um, so, A, they're Space Marines, and B, they're Ultras. Um, but what I've been running uh, so far in our crusade is my first company, Ultramarines. Uh, we've sort of half decided as a group that our uh, crusade is taking place in the Hadex Anomaly, um, which is on the wrong side of the Great Rift. Um, so the, the Cicatrix Maledictum, Gork Smile, whatever you want to call it, whichever army you're playing. Um, uh, and so I have sort of fluffed it that I've got some first company veterans that were out on crusade patrol whatever 
um, got cut off from the rest of the chapter and now don't have any idea what the hell a Primera Space Marine is, um, but are fighting to recover sort of the bits of their fleet that were scattered when the Eye of Terror broke open um, and sort of piece together what's happening on this side of the anomaly so that when they eventually reunite with the Ultramarines, they can give them some info on or some intel um, on the goings-on in the Hadex anomaly. So in terms of army list building then, uh, I've gone, like as, as much as the Space Marine Codex has, what, like 96 or something separate um, uh, data slates to work from, I have limited myself largely to Terminators, although not exclusively anymore. Um, but when I was starting out, the army was basically a captain, uh, some extra Terminator squads, and I think that was just about it. I had the I had the captain, I had two Terminators, two five-man Terminator squads, and one, oh, sorry, and two five-man assault squads. So I had... Yeah, know, it was just, also a librarian in there. Sorry, and a Libby. That's, <laughs> yes. Although I completely understand why you've forgotten him. Yes, he did not do super well and has since been replaced <laughs> with, chap, with a chaplain. Um, so uh, my captain is Captain Rudisind Aspar, um, who you may notice is not Captain Agamon, who is the canon... Uh, first company captain of the Ultramarines. But that's okay. I'm sort of fluffing it that I'm in the uh, Captain Titus 40k universe, where Titus is the first company captain and, um, you know, Aspar is the, the first company captain, right? That's okay. Um, yeah, actually, funnily enough, and I, I will attempt not to uh, <laughs> rabbit warren us here for, for too long, but remember when we were sitting around reading that like massive timeline of like everything that happened in 40k? Yes. Yeah, none of that shit matches up. There, no, there, no. there, there is no like. This is what Gilman was complaining about, right? Like this. Yes. <laughs> at, at some point, there was probably two or three uh, first captains there. So. Yeah, and I figured that they would have replaced him pretty quickly if he's on the wrong side of the, the Great Rift, right? Like, because they need a first company captain. Well, that well, that's it. As far as we can tell, Gilman and Calgar actually haven't realized yet that most of their first companies lost. Mm-hmm. They're still just standing in the. Uh, in, in, in the in the giant uh what's the temple called on fortress of on Hera. yeah fortress of Hera, and they're just looking at this empty spot on the wall and they're just like it's it's gonna come to me if i look at this for long enough but i just can't remember what banner goes in that spot yeah i just i feel like we're missing something can somebody wake a dreadnought up maybe yeah. they can help <laughs> um yeah and so that's been sort of the the story of my crusade army right they've been sort of trying to find lost parts of their fleet and put it back together so after my first couple of games i added a dreadnought because they found uh, on theodemus um my librarian was i'm just going to say we shot him out the back um <laughs> uh, for being a little bit too warpy and weird uh, and he got replaced with a chaplain who was sort of who decided that the the librarian wasn't doing much for the morale of the of the company and that he was going to take over awkward yeah 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 yeah. Uh, and then i've sort of through the gate uh, and one of the cool things that you tend to find about crusade is that the uh, almost like a, a role play game like dungeons and dragons the dice are sort of helping you tell the story um so my my chaplain uh enric teas um has three litanies that he knows at the moment um, until they FAQ the Ultramarines one out of existence. Um, so, but the two that he's got are the Litany of Faith, which is his uh, standard one, five up, feel no, sorry, which is the one that he chose, which is a five up, feel no pain against mortal wounds, which is kind of good. Um, and a little bit of psychic defense for me. Um, and the Litany of Hate, which is re-roll, uh, hit rolls in melee. Uh, Enric Teus has passed his Litany of Faith role, which is a three plus on a D6, mind. <laughs> he has passed that twice in eight games. Uh, yeah, no, every he... other time I've rolled for it, he has rolled sub three. And so I have decided that uh, Enric Teus' story is that he's not a particularly well-liked person. Um, he's not particularly good at stirring Battle Brothers to faithfulness and like purity of thought and will. But <laughs> by God, can he make them hate people? Uh, he's he gets a very of hate every fucking time um so that's been a bit of fun i've quite enjoyed having him just run around and be like you know what i'm pretty much going to give up on litany of faith now and just litany of hate every single <laughs> round with him um yeah, yeah. No, that, that that's that's actually been really funny to see mm-hmm. it's just like no i don't want to stand here and help i just want to bash stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> but you but you're right like i like i think that's something that's really cool to to pinpoint for people um 
And I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of players across, you know, whether it's our 30K group, 40K group across, you know, RPG groups I've, I've dealt with in the past where it's like, some people need the dice sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just a nice break from just trying to fluff everything from the start. Yep. And it can throw you some really cool curveballs as well. Like, and you could just be like, oh shit, this has happened. Okay, cool. We need to like come up with something for this. And then it sort of like gives you a nice jumping off point. So if you're somebody that's not super keen on writing your own fluff or you don't know where to start and stuff like that, my, my suggestion with Crusade is, you know, have a have an idea of like who your forces. So I mean, they're Blood Angels or they're uh, a Tauran, uh, High Fleet or there's some Tau dudes. Um, and then play some games and you'll, you know, within two or three games, stuff will float to the top. Other things will drop away and you can kind of start going, well, okay, like these are, these are, you know, the heroic guys and that's what these guys are doing over here. Or, you know, maybe you've got, um, like, uh, our, our mate Ben, who's playing his, uh, ad mech army. Um, he's got this dude with a transoric archibus that's just like the best sniper in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has this super, like, souped up transoric archibus. Um, and that's really cool. And he's come up with this big story about how his admech are all, um, they're like crusading admech. Um, I think they're on an arc ship, he was saying, or something like that, or some sort of yes. big, you know, floating ship. And they're looking for Titans. Uh, and he's come up with this really cool way of like, you know, playing through crusade. And when he gets to a certain point, he'll be able to add a Titan into his force and he'll do it like completely illegally. Um, but because you can obviously just, you know, up your roster and chuck a Titan mm-hmm. in if you've got the supply to do it. Um, but it's like this thing he gets to work towards and depending on, you know, if he wins and if he, you know, picks up certain objectives, he's saying that he's, you know, adding some more points and it's not a detriment to him. It's not a bonus to him that we don't get. It's just some cool narrative, like, mechanic in the background. And mm-hmm. that's what I think it really fosters. Yeah. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we hear about your guys um, while yeah. we're here? And then we might do some, like, um, favorite characters in our list. Yes, I think that would be really cool. So my army that I started playing Crusade with, and I say that because I kind of have two Crusade armies now, because um, I have a problem, um, is my 126, uh, 122nd uh, Cadian Regiment. Um, so they're the, uh, you would have seen a lot of photos on the podcast page, but they're the guys in the city camo. So like the blue, white, and black camo, and they generally have one red shoulder pad. Uh, they were on the cover of the original city flight rule book. If anybody remembers that really cool picture. Um, so I've been building those dudes. I painted a lot of them, uh, earlier this year during lockdown. That was kind of where all of my hobby went into. So I thought I would pull them out and I would get them playing some games. Um, so pretty much, uh, I, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball on the fluff side of things, uh, because we're trying to work out exactly why they're where they are. Uh, and basically I think what, what sort of happened is they were doing what Imperial Guard do best, which is basically guard duty. Um, uh, and they've just been forgotten about as well. Like they're just like, you're cut off. There's not anything else going on. And their commanders, you know, not being like Lord militants or anything like that. They're just, you know, pretty much like company level and, and, you know, potentially some regimental guys later on. Um, They're just kind of like, well, uh, we don't have any other orders and we can't get on to anybody. um, But that looks like a demon running down the street. Maybe we kill it. Yep. Um, And, Accidentally, whoopsie, that was an Ultramarines librarian, not a demon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at, at the moment, uh, the forces, like all good Imperial Guards, which Acadian forces, is built around the solid backbone of tanks. So I've got a couple of Lehman Russes. The list is actually headed up by a tank commander. Now, this is where we took a little bit of liberty because it's the, the narrative thing, is technically my primary psyker has a higher leadership than the tank commander. So it'd have to be running the regiment, but we thought that was a terrible idea and narratively made no sense. Uh, so instead, we've got Major Annika uh, in her, um, uh, I thought to say exterminator, but it's not, uh, executioner, uh, Lehman Russ, uh, with some, well, a lot of upgrades, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and then there's a bunch of uh, sort of schmo uh, infantry regiments, uh, infantry squads that just sort of like hang out and cap some objectives. Uh, and they were also, while they were uh, on guard duty, their rapid response force that they were given uh, was uh, some Kasakan dudes. 
Um, so they've attached themselves uh, and put themselves under the under uh, Major Anakin's banner at the moment. Uh, and the really cool thing uh, is kind of watching like even bog standard like infantry units and stuff, like getting some character. So I've got uh, I've got a unit in mind, which I think is is I've called them Thirteenth Squad, uh, and they got massacred to a man in my game against you, Doug. Uh, mm-hmm. They were hanging out in a crater, and somebody just hosed them with an assault cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they rolled and ended up with a battle scar, which was basically cowardice. Um, so they're they're sort of like shunned by the rest of their guys. The idea is that they didn't quite like some of them died, but most of them just hid in the mud at the bottom of the crater <laughs> and waited for the tanks to roll by. Uh, so you know you can't use like uh, command points on them. You can't use stratagems on them because they're kind of disgraced um so yeah that's that, that's kind of cool i've got a unit and i mean it's not like like it's not super detrimental to me um but it's kind of cool and i've been sort of using them as like a they set up like out the front of the army mm. and it's kind of like you know you guys need to regain some honor uh and then when that happens we might remove that battle scar from them makes sense yeah so what about some of the uh some of the dudes in in, in your force yeah so i think there's probably two that are that are my most storied guys. So I've got uh, Terminator Assault Squad Visimar, which is the the assault squad that I've used in basically every game at this point. Yes. Um, uh, they're my Thunderhammer Storm Shield guys. So their whole thing is they sit on the battle barge in orbit until the time is right, teleport in, charge something that needs to die, and then kill it. Um, so that's been a lot of fun with them. They've gone through and killed, you know, squads of dudes with hammers, but they've also killed tanks and stuff like that. In our first game, they failed to kill one Lehman Russ on three wounds, so they didn't have a great start. Um, but they also didn't pick up any battle scars when the, the tank sort of backed out of combat and Annika blew them away with her uh, plasma cannons, uh, which is nice. So the first thing they actually picked up was uh, Sergeant Visimar, um, the, 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 the sergeant of the Hammer Bros squad, um, picked up some shiny Centurious service, service studs. So those of you who have been in with the Space Marine law for a while know that uh, after a certain number of years, a Space Marine gets a um, uh, effectively a, a big rivet nailed into his head. Um, Visimar got his after the first couple of battles, uh, and the, the in-game benefit of that is that he can pick what Doctrine is active for you know, whatever turn he's on. Um, so basically they're always in the Assault Doctrine because they don't have a gun, and they're just running around uh, punching people. So Visimar is sort of making up for his failures in game one by running around and uh, completely punking everything he possibly can. Um, as part of that, and because they're away from all of their usual supply lines, he's been tinkering with his Thunderhammer. Um, so my second upgrade was a weapon enhancement, uh, which gave him uh, plus one strength on his Thunderhammer, which is great. Uh, so he's strength nine with the hammer in close combat. Um, the second benefit less good uh he can always wound on a four plus at worst which is not really an issue for a thunder hammer but is still kind of cool um and then just recently he picked up weirdly this is this is the one that sort of doesn't make sense but i'm fluffing it as they're sort of picking up more experience as they go um one of the space marine upgrades you can get is terminator honors um but of course everybody in my army should have terminator honors because they're all terminators um so i'm running i'm just fluffing that as them getting more experience and getting tougher uh, and given that Squad Visimar has died in four of the eight battles that they've fought in, uh, I figure Sergeant Visimar is now a fairly tough dude who is more bionics than human at this stage. He is more um, machine than man. Yes, but that translates to plus one attack, plus one wound, and plus one leadership. <laughs> so, you know, having a four wound Terminator at the, at the head of a squad with a one up, four up save is kind of nice. Um, but the, you know, he's just a tough tanky dude who runs out, punches someone and then, you know, hopefully job is done. Um, which is kind of cool. I like him. Um, my other one that I quite like is also the, the other or the, the main martyr of the army, um, which is on Theodemus, my dreadnought. Um, so he's a venerable dreadnought made out of the, uh, the old Tyrannic war veteran one from Forge World. Um, so the one with the big, uh, banner made out of a dead warrior and all that sort of stuff. Um, he's doing really well. He's cool. I like him. He's fought in seven battles and survived one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he's sort of been fluffed as 
the guy who has sort of learned the value of sacrifice in the in the in the company, uh, given that he fell at the Polar Fortress on McCrag and was then inducted into the Tyranid Hunters by Cassius, um, and is now lost on the wrong side of the of the galaxy with his squad, um, and he knows that he can take more of a beating than they can. He just runs up, takes the hit, tries to kill something with his las cannons, um, punches something if he gets that close, and then sort of you know, uh, waits for recovery by the, the company tech Marines, um, after his legs get turned to slag. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and it's sort of like, um, like, I think has he, I don't think he's got any battle scars still, does he? He got one in the last game. Um, but I got rid of it immediately because it was take a mortal wound when you get hit by a strength eight or greater weapon. That's right. Yeah. Which yeah. was rough. So I, <laughs> the tech Marines recovered him and patched that up right away. Yeah, um, because and, he's a company like you know he's he's a venerable dreadnought, right? So they're not just going to leave him with a giant gaping hole in his sarcophagus. Yeah, and I mean like like you guys seem to use him as an absolute like Kool Aid like battering ram sort of mm-hmm. thing. So you know he's he's always front and center, which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it's like just just talking, and I mean you know I I obviously know your army quite well, and you know my army quite well, and all that sort of stuff. But it's just like it's it's cool, like it's. Mm-hmm. like there is there is some sort of life there as well um and i mean like not particularly in the way and i mean don't get me wrong like i know you've have you named everybody in your army i have everyone's got a name yeah um i haven't quite done that yet with my guard um because i feel like there's still probably quite a few more you know in bravo company um <laughs> than, than maybe terminators and and you know yep. we are actually like killing marines are uh, killing guardsmen off as opposed to you know punking uh first company dudes but you can definitely choose like which way you go with it um i'd really love to see somebody do like a, a, t- a tyranid like hive fleet yeah and come up with like you know like oh you know this, this weapon adaptation on this can effects you know this is like a biological evolutionary response to you know these guys we just fought uh and the way that they worked mm-hmm. so the hive mind's just like you know, fought chess. Oh my god, this is now what this guy. You know, that's that's what this scream effects now has on it. Mm. Sweet, and away you go. So it's like you know, every army has a way to do it. Um, one of the really cool things uh, is I picked up the Necron Codex, uh, and we're sort of having a look through because that's the other ninth edition Codex we have at the moment, and there's some just really awesome agendas in there. And you know, like you you sort of go through, and in your mind you're like, oh, I'm going to do like a Necron Force where like their their um uh their overlord or whatever has been murdered in his sleep by the command protocols <laughs> um so basically like um hal has just like you know cut his cut his feet and been like oh my god no there's no that's cool guys i'll i'll look after you uh, and it's now like siri is running uh, mm-hmm. this necron force and there's some really cool like agendas and stuff uh and you can boost certain things so you know like in that case maybe you've got like tons of like canoptic stuff uh and warriors but not like the things further up the food chain that have more uh you know free thought mm-hmm. as it were so you can just yeah you can just do so much stuff with it which is really cool um and the other thing that i think is definitely worth talking about uh, as much as we have as sort of like a gaming group going, you know, Wednesday nights, Crusade night, and then if we can, you know, get some more games in, we'll do that. Uh, and I, I definitely need to sort of pop together a little bit of like contextual fluff for us, which I'm um, hoping to do while I'm away for a few days at the end of this week. Um, but like I was talking to a few guys and they're like, oh, look, we can't make like Wednesday for a couple of weeks. Oh my God, you know, all this. And it's like, well, if you can play a game on Thursday or something, which these guys could, start your crusade you don't have to be in this doing this like i know a lot no. of stores are using it as like a slow grow and all that but realistically like i could take the i could take bravo company right you could take your first company mm-hmm. and we could play people on the other side of the planet and go hey can we play crusade cool this is my crusade force and if they don't have a crusade force there's balancing mechanics yes uh, they could, you know obviously they start a crusade force or you know like there's, there's so many ways to do it um and you just add that to the story, right? And, and you can just build on it. You don't have to be like, well, no, this is only my crusade for this this little force. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can have probably multi, you can have as many as you want going. Um, but I think, like, like as I said before, I've got two. I've got a Minotaur's force as well, uh, which is for my, my Badab stuff uh, that I've played a couple of games with because uh, a guy I bought some models off was kind of like, oh, I'm happy to sell you these models, you know, for a really great price because you're going to use them heaps. And I was like, yes, I need to use these. So I went home that evening and played a game with them. Uh, and then another game, I think the night after, 
which was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're sort of very nascent. I, they've played two games, hardly anything's really painted in the army. Uh, and I, realistically, I would love to sort of run uh, with our Badab page, like mm. Crusade Badab sort of thing. So yes. I think I'm going to kind of leave that to that side when we do the, uh, you know, hopefully sometime next year, get uh, a campaign going for the Badab uh, Reenactment Society. Nice. But, at the, but at the moment, I'm loving the hell out of uh, Bravo Company. Uh, and just to give you an idea, you said you'd played, what, eight games? Yes. Eight games. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So you've played eight games. And how big of an army can you put on the table supply-wise? Uh, my, supply, my supply limit at the moment is 75. So I can uh, use 73. So I can 75 power level uh, army. Yeah. So I think mine's at like 65. Um, yep. I just had to throw a couple of requisition points in or else I was going to sort of lose them. Um, but I mean, I think the biggest game that either of us have played is a 50 power level or have you gone a bit? Yeah, we haven't we haven't gone up past 50 really yet. Um, I've, I've played a lot of 30 uh, with Ben. Oh, cool. Uh, which has been, you know, like we've had two hours or something to yeah, set yeah, up, yeah. play a game, break it down and, you know, go to work the next morning. So uh, that's been a hell of a lot of fun. And I mean, you then have like this really cool choice mechanic where it's like, well, you know, I still want to fit some stuff in and this stuff needs some more experience. So I'll put them in for this game. It's a bit smaller um, and you can sort of play through that, which is really nice. nice. So, yeah, I think, um, as I said before, it's the best way to play 40k I've ever come across. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, look, we've, we've run our own campaigns. If, if you guys remember back probably two years ago now, maybe even three years ago. Uh, you know, Doug and I ran an Inquisition War campaign um, for a little while there, played some games through with a, a cool narrative storyline. Um, uh, Crusade would be amazing for that. Yes, 100%. Um, where, obviously, you know, you and I have got a lot of background in, in RPGing and, and everything else. Um, so, no problem. But, I mean, if you're not used to it uh, or you, you're looking for a way to, like, grab people's attention and get them playing games especially as we you know some of us are coming out of lockdown and some of us are probably going to be like madly planning while staring at that blank wall about what they're going to do when you know they come out of lockdown the next little bit um you know getting some people together and saying hey let's try this crusade thing um i think you'll be you'll be sort of pleasantly surprised it is um narrative in eighth edition i mean and when that well i'm primarily a narrative player did nothing for me yeah. There wasn't anything about narrative that made me go, I want to say I'm playing narrative. It was just, no, that's fine. We'll play like match play uh, and, you know, get on with it. Um, whereas now I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I want to play Crusade when I'm playing 40K. Uh, unless, you know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, can we do some tournament prep? Obviously, happy to do that. But yeah, uh, Crusade all the way. Indeed, um, for sure. It's been a really good way to... Uh, I guess encourage lots of play as well, right? Like, um, oh, just yeah. because you're always like, oh, if I get another acquisition point, I can, you know, include another squad of whatever, or I can, you know, upgrade this guy to have that thing, or if I get just a couple more experience, then I can upgrade a weapon on that squad or something like that. So it's just this cool little sort of pull to keep you playing. Um, so at the moment, for example, my land speeder is three experience points off. A, um, a level up, basically, um, which means that one more game and they're they're there. If I mark them for greatness afterwards, or they do some cool shit, um, <laughs> which is great. And then, but and you know that that's just sort of part of the game, right? Going, oh, this would be really cool if I can get this, and then these guys mm. can do something cool, or <laughs> I level up my captain and he can take a new upgrade or whatever. Um, just fun stuff like that, that that sort of drags you in and keeps you interested in playing. Um, in between games, like I'm always looking at, at my list, at my um, crusade yep. roster, and going, ah, who's up for who's up for an upgrade next, or who's who's just shy of the next level, or whatever. Um, yeah, which is a lot of fun. And then I'm <laughs> looking through it as we speak, and I can see that Squad Berig, um, my assault squad with the lightning claws, hasn't played a game since game one. Um, so oh. it's probably time to maybe give um, Squad Vitericus a rest. Oh, sorry, um, Squad Visimar arrest and and put Berig on the front lines for a bit. Yeah, I, look, I, I was definitely, I was, I was looking the other day at, at mine and I'm kind of like, Annika and her uh, her executioner, uh, mm-hmm. Lady Sola is actually her the name of her executioner. Nice. Um, 
she she she's got a ton of stuff. She's got like you know supercharged engines, so she moves further. She's got a relic plasma cannon that spits out mortal wounds. Uh, she's got some uh, upgraded armor. She's got a blessed tank hull. So like you know, I'm piling stuff on her, which is really cool. Um, but I was looking at it and I'm kind of like, I haven't done much with uh, the other couple of tanks. So I've got a um, I've got a vanquisher in my list, which is actually the old um, tank hunter model. So like the the massive barrel in the front of the front of the chassis, um, and it's it's not the best tank. Like it, it's had some clutch games uh, yes. where it's won games for me. Like the first game it did quite well, mm-hmm. uh, but then it had a few games and I wasn't doing doing great. And at thirty power level, when I'm playing, you know, mainly Ben, uh, I've been taking Arnica over uh, over the Vanquisher. So I'm sort of, mm-hmm. sort of thinking, you know, maybe I want to bring that guy in and see, you know. If he can excel on his own without Annika being there, maybe he can become like the two IC or something, and we can mm. come up with some cool story behind that. Or I mean, like if it goes the other way, uh, we could also have a lot of fun with that, um, and it could just be like, oh fuck, not this guy again. Like you know, he's supposed to be like, like, like you know, go and hide in that building, and you know, we'll ambush them, and you know, just at the wrong moment, one of the tracks slightly moves and the wall collapses on him, and everybody sees he's there, and it's like all mm-hmm. over. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, so I want to play around with that. And then the actually the other big thing that I've been uh, really keen to do is uh, the Scion unit that I've got, uh, which is my Cassican. Mm. Um, I've got enough Cassican to sort of do their own detachment. So I want to get to the point where I can do um, 30 points of just um, Militarum Tempestus and use my Cassicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would kind of be like, you know, potentially they've been off around uh, sort of the the subsector that we're in. Mm. Um, is it a subsector or is that too big? Uh, the Hadex Anomaly, I think, is where we're setting up, right? Yeah, but uh, but it, like, it, it has quite a lot of systems around it. From what yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't think it's quite a subsector, though. Yeah, okay. So so the area we're in, like, I think they will have been off doing different things and mm. they're slowly getting, like, called back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun to do that. The other massive thing I am finding as somebody who is lazy as fuck it makes me want to paint shit. It makes yes. me go, oh my god, these guys... It also doesn't help I lost the game by 10 victory points because I wasn't fully painted mm-hmm. um, against Ben the other day. But, yeah, like, it, it, you know, it just makes you go, I really want to, like, build up these guys. I want to, like, paint them up, get them ready and into the list. Um, you know, or even, like, uh, something that I've done is I've switched out the model for my primary psycho. So I was originally using, like, an old astropath model, which I love, and they do really well. But I've switched out for the um, the Psyker from Blackstone Fortress mm. um, with the outstretched hand, and she's an awesome model. Um, and so I've been sort of like fluffing up a bit of you know about her and like you know she's sort of like a an advisor and she has some foresight stuff, nice, which keeps them keeps them a little bit sort of like safe. Uh, well, not safe, but I mean you know like it gives them a warning when you know the giant blue dudes turn up in Terminator armor and try and steal our supplies. Yes. <laughs> makes sense get your own shit no um, so yeah look I, I really hope that you know this is just like a an initial thing I thought this would be really cool get us back on the airwaves talking to uh, you our lovely listeners that we love mm-hmm. so much especially so many of you going back into lockdown which is really shitty we uh, you know hope you get through that quite always uh, here to chat uh, email Facebook DMs all that sort of fun stuff um but yeah, hopefully it sort of like gets the juices percolating from a narrative perspective for 40k. Um, and actually, something that I, I, I'm going to say, and maybe this is speaking a little bit out of school, but I'm going to say it anyway, is we're actually adapting Crusade for 30k as well. Uh, at the moment, where we're sort of working on a few things there, which um, we will we'll absolutely love to share with everybody um, yes. when we we get that finished, which uh, should be by the end of the year, I think. Uh, hopefully, we'll see how we go. Yeah. even earlier which uh, we're really looking forward to so doug any final thoughts um play crusade why aren't you playing crusade play more crusade <laughs> um this also strikes me as the sort of thing that would be not as good on tabletop simulator but it would work well on tabletop simulator um thought of that. if only because it's not like you know you don't have to be as anal about stuff as you would perhaps for a match play game and like don't get me wrong tabletop simulator obviously lets you do the the precise measurements and stuff but you know what i mean like this feels like the sort of Mm. casual thing you could play on tabletop simulator and not have it be catastrophically draining like i hear sometimes tts can be if you're playing a tournament 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I have I have booted it a few times and looked at it and just gone. I I don't think I can handle doing that. But yeah. I've, I've, I've watched games on TTS. Yep. And I mean, for people that can't, you know, be in the same room as other people at the moment, and you you like an outlet, maybe that's an amazing way to do it. Is fire up some TTS, get a group together, play some small games, and maybe I don't know at the same time have some uh, paint the stuff you're using on TTS. Mm-hmm. And when you come out of lockdown, bang, ready to go. Uh, prefabbed uh, crusade group and armies. That would be a really cool way to do it, actually. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's basically it. Keep playing crusade. It's fun. <laughs> um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, guys, it's it's great to be back. Uh, we hope to be gracing your eardrums. Uh, hopefully, uh, not another like two month break or whatever the hell it's been for <laughs> three months. Uh, but hopefully, we'll get, be getting some more content through. Uh, we've got a thirty k event, uh, Siege of Asphodel Bridge Chapter Four going mm-hmm. down in about a week and a half at the combat company in Mortdale. So uh, I think we'll probably try and get uh, an episode on after Asphodel because things yep. are really heating up on Charon. Uh, so there's going to be some cool stuff there. Uh, and yeah, just uh, I think as we're playing more Crusade and everything else, we'll, we'll probably sort in a, a small update. And one thing that I really want to do is do some like in-between sods uh, with just, just one-on-one, maybe 10, 15 minutes sort of interviews with people that we game with mm-hmm. that have got some cool crusade forces uh, and really just, you know, absolutely pound you guys in the submission to the point where you're just like, yes, I'll play. I want to play. <laughs> um, because that's how we love you. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Excellent. Uh, well, I think that's just about it then, yeah? Um, any any final thoughts, closing remarks? Play Crusade. Excellent. Well, good. Um, in that case then, uh, you can find us all over the place. We're on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. Um, Twitter? Are we on Twitter? I don't know. I, I, I did restart our Twitter thing or I found our Twitter thing. And okay. then I forgot within a week that we had a Twitter thing. And now you've Perfect. reminded me. So I'll be back on Twitter tomorrow. Wonderful. Uh, Tinder, <laughs> Grinder, um, OnlyFans, of course. Uh, yep. Like and subscribe over there. Um, yeah, but you can email us at theloaderdicecast at gmail.com. Um, follow us at loaderdicecast sort of all over the place. Um, yeah, I'm at BWD Studios most places. So go like me as well if you want to see pictures of my ultramarines. Because um, they're popping up semi-regularly over there at the moment because that's what I'm painting. Um, yeah and until next time uh, keep your powder dry and your dice loaded